Marriage roll. That's what I was Oh, my glasses hey. are broken. My pocket is protected. That's what I'm saying. super nerd. That's what I'm Hey. Excelsior. 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 I am a super nerd. The Nerd School Podcast. Starring Andy. I uh, am a former um, entertainment journalist. I am a super nerd. TBJ. Hi, this is Tiffany. You may hear me be referred to as TBJ. TBJ, y'all. I am what I like to call a surprise nerd. Art Star. My name is Art Star, and I am an artist. Yo, 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 my name is Joe, and I am the nerd student. The nerd pupil, if you will. We're back with another episode of Nerd School. I gotta go to nerd school, because I'm not a nerd enough. I am the student. And my three teachers are the secret nerd, TBJ. Hello, hello. The ninja nerd, Art. Dark Star. Wait, <laughs> Art, Art Star. Art the Dark Star. What is it? Well, welcome. Yeah, there you go. And Super Nerd Andy. <laughs> I believe it, it was just Art Star. Uh, he was discussing the dark side of the Force earlier, which I believe has con- confused you mentally. Oh, thank you for <laughs> exactly. Thank you for nerd explaining it to me. That's right. I'm nerd schooling about nerd school. And let's just jump right back into the Incredible Hulk, because that's where we left off last time. Last time we were right at the beginning, and we got to uh, uh, Stan Lee's cameo. Uh, but we were about to just get to the part where, you know, Ross finds out about, he gets the call about that they found the contamination uh, in America, and... Uh, Ross quickly orders a team down to, uh, was it Brazil? Is that where they were? Brazil. Yep. Brazil. Um, and the team that Ross puts together is headed up by the Russian-born but American-trained Emil Blonsky, played by Tim Roth. And so this is, you guys don't even have to tell me, I have to figure this out. This is a comic book character. Emil Blonsky is in the comics and he's Abomination, Correct. Correct. Oh, they they, they, they mention that uh, they uh, when Tim Roth is la- or Tim Blake Nelson, aka Sam Stearns, you better recognize, uh, creates him later. He says, "Oh, I, I'm willing to do what you want me to do, but the result could be an abomination." That's when uh, they actually drop the name. In the movie, you're talking about. In the movie, yeah. yes. Yeah, you're talking about the movie. Okay, good. Um, but that, but that's later. But but this is. Emil Blonsky is the name of the regular comic book character. There's not yes, a lot but, different in this. Well, he's plenty different. I mean, he's a KGB spy in the comics named Emil Blonsky, who's a. Uh, uh, but what's what's the same about him is that he was obsessed with getting uh, the Hulk power and getting more powerful than the Hulk, which he was in his first appearances. The whole point, uh, I believe. Oh, where did I read this? Uh, Stan Lee wanted to create a, a, someone stronger and bigger than the Hulk to have a lot of fun with him. And he beat the Hulk in their first appearance, which is what... uh, Oh, so Stan Lee created Abomination in order to have something tougher than... Yeah, just like a a bigger, uglier Hulk is... Okay. um, What's another thing the Hulk could fight? 
Uh, and uh, Gil Kane was the artist that created him as well. Stanley and Gil Kane did that while writing The Hulk. Uh, okay. In 1967, he first showed up in Tales to Astonish, number 90. 1967. Okay, so this is an old-ass character. Yes, but it, that's still like a good uh, oh, you know five years after the Hulk was created. What did you say, Art Star? Most of these characters are old. Yeah, yeah. most of them are. Yeah, I guess they yeah, are. Yeah, the, the heyday of Marvel Comics was the 60s when everything was created that is uh, enduring. Uh, but Abomination isn't necessarily known as Hulk's arch enemy. Like, he's not like the enemy you think of, or is he? No, uh, that would mo most likely be the leader who uh, is implied at the end of this movie. Um, who we'll get to, yeah, we'll get to him. Yeah, which... Right, uh, he's he's the super genius who views the Hulk as his arch enemy. But uh, Abomination okay. has done some nasty shit to the Hulk, <laughs> including okay. uh, in the comics he later uh, murdered <laughs> Betty Ross, or Betty Banner, who was his wife at the time. Oh really? Uh, through radiation poisoning. Wait, so and... the Hulk gets married in the comics. He marries okay. Betty Ross. Yeah. Should we get with Betty Banner? Do they have yes. like a wedding and everything? Like a special episode of Friends with a wedding or whatever? It is? <laughs> yeah. But They're not going to let them get married without it being special, even in comic book world. Absolutely. Now, do all the weddings in comic book world get destroyed by enemies and fights, or is there just Most a whole episode? It's, it's... it's like a wedding issue. It's is a lot like professional wrestling. Issue. It's a lot like professional wrestling. If you have a wedding in professional wrestling, some bad guy's going to crash it and ruin everything. I it's kind of the same thing here. Uh, they actually made a lot of fun of it. Uh, one of the, the main writers in the Hulk's history was Peter David, a guy who wrote him for at least 12 years and has been on and off writing him ever since. He did the wedding issue, and they he was very into like uh, doing meta jokes and stuff like that. So they made a lot of fun about how they were expecting supervillains to crash it. And uh, yeah, it was, it was basically played as a comedy issue, but they did wind up getting married. How and, often are there comedy issues? This isn't something I've heard of. Sure. It, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it depends on who's writing it. Sometimes you got your writers who are all dark and gritty and serious all the time. But a lot of times, especially in a long run of comic books, especially a 12 year run, uh, if you do like one big dramatic story arc, you might take a breather for a couple issues just to do some goofy things. I mean, I, mm -hmm. really? Was, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and do you do you guys as nerds do you get mad about it? Are you guys like, oh, they, I wasted a whole issue buying this as just a comedy issue? No, like no I don't you think like you it. think it, you of like it, it as you just care. a comedy. Yeah, is <laughs> another issue with your character. We're not we're not reading or tuning in for these. Uh, hardcore stories we're tuning in for the character we are identifying with or rooting for wanting to know more about so if it's a light-hearted issue it's just another part of that character and if okay. we're down with the character we're down with the issue yeah it's, char it's character development and yeah. sometimes uh, you make room for goofball characters like squirrel girl or uh uh, the fabulous Frogman, or you can get all sorts of weirdo guys that are what a lot of fun. The, what the hell are those? Squirrel those are girl. those are Marvel Comics characters that are just like joke characters. Or in they one started out that way. They started out as joke characters, but Squirrel Girl has gotten like within the yeah, last ten say. years or so, her profile has kind of gone up. Squirrel Girl, yeah, she can communicate with squirrels. Her name <laughs> is Doreen Green. She walks around in a kind of a squirrel costume, and not a full squirrel costume, but she has a big bushy tail. And she's you guys, very. Uh, you guys have all heard of this squirrel girl. Don't they do a nod to her on Big Bang? Isn't there a nod to her on Big Bang Theory episode? 
Possibly. I haven't watched nearly enough of that show. Andy's against Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Not against it. But I, I I sat down once to watch it in syndication. I watched like six episodes straight through, and I think I laughed maybe twice. And, uh, <laughs> I like it. But didn't you say, I thought you had a good quote. Like, you were like, that is what non-nerds think, think nerds are. But it, you don't that think that's true. Nerd. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a nerd show for people who aren't nerds. Uh, yeah. Whereas an actual nerd show, like a show for nerds, would be something like weird, like Community or something like that. Gosh, we really got off topic fast. Yeah, Art Start, yeah. I got to ask you, what about Squirrel Girl? What do you have? You heard of Squirrel Girl? Yeah, Squirrel Girl. She's been on the uh, what did you call that thing we were talking about last episode? The um, not the New Mutants, the uh, Marvel Heroes Rising. Yeah, that's a recent. Yeah, she's on it. Yeah, on. yeah, she's on there a lot. That's a cartoon show. Yeah, yeah. A show. Trying like Miss Marvel or like Best Buds. Okay, let me ask you this, Art Star. If you go to a comic convention and you see a lovely lady dressed as Squirrel Girl, mm-hmm. and then a lovely lady dressed as uh, I don't know, uh, Batwoman or no Catgirl, Catwoman? No, what is it? Catwoman. Yeah, what's the main? Who's like the hot one that Michelle Pfeiffer was? That was Catwoman. Bat although there is a Catgirl yeah, and a Batwoman. Yeah. Whatever the supposedly the hottest chick superhero is. Squirrel Girl doesn't. Squirrel Girl would be like comparing apples to oranges when you come to like Catwoman and. It does. Yeah, Squirrel yeah, Girl like, is a, it's a generally a younger character. I think she's yeah. younger, like, like oh, it's like a child. Thing. No, she's a teenager. Like a thing. She yeah. started as a, like even a teenager. Still, even still, she's not. She's not. She's not. She's not even like. Like her it's character. Well, like yeah, even even if she was an adult, her character. Is almost portrayed as she's like Amy from Naive, Big Bang. Yeah, she's a naive and innocent yeah. for the most part. Amy uh, yeah. from what? Oh, Big Big Bang. Big Bang. Back to Big Bang again. Uh, uh, she, she's very like naive and earnest and forthright, but kind of goofy. She was in a not, team. She's not like hot, like hot. Sexy. I mean, it depends. It depends on the like. Any 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 character can be made to be hot. Listen, know. I was about to say, have you tuned in to Halloween for the last umpteen years? You can turn anything into a sexy yeah, everything's costume. Sexy. Oh, it's a sexy Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Everything is a right. sexy. Yeah. I think now she's, she's like in her your best bet to try to compare someone if you yeah. do like Catwoman versus maybe a Harley Quinn or a Poison Ivy. Then you could have like an an opportunity to say, Well, which one would you think is hotter? Catwoman or Poison Ivy or Catwoman Harley Quinn. Yeah, but Squirrel Girl is is like uh I just can't believe uh, there's a squirrel girl. Is there, there a is comic a book? She's in the cartoon and there's a comic book? Oh yeah, there's, she's had her own series, the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. There's been a running joke that she can actually beat everyone in the Marvel universe, including Doctor Doom and Thanos, but they don't talk about it and she's not like super ambitious like that. Yeah. Uh but <laughs> that that's just a tweak nerd. Sometimes nerds like writers like Try to get nerds to take things a little less seriously and say things like, "Oh my God, Squirrel Girl just beat Thanos. You didn't see it, but it happened off panel. But that's Thanos. It's the real one." And and that's that, just that, a nerd skill. Now Thanos. I have one more question about like. So you got now. I've learned here's some things I've already learned on this episode. I've learned that there are wedding episodes, there are comedy episodes that are just different. Uh, do are are those type of I guess they're not episodes or issues, right? Yeah. I guess are those type of things uh, uh, issues worth 
more money because they're different, or are they just about the same or less? Uh, it depends. It, it depends. Uh, comic book value is often determined on whose first appearance is in that, or uh, mm-hmm. who the creators are, who, who which characters like the first appearance of, or the first full appearance. Because sometimes you know, even like, if uh, it's even if it's not that character's comic. So if it's Thor and there's a first appearance of Squirrel Girl and a Thor, that one's worth more because yeah, the Incredible Hulk 181, I believe, is the first appearance of Wolverine. And so that's, uh, that's a big. That's worth a lot of money. Yeah, like that mint condition issue is worth a lot of money. Yeah. When you say a lot of money, like I, I don't hundred bucks or like I have not 10, followed that in yeah, hundred years. Yeah, hundred dollars <laughs> is, is not a lot of money. To me, it is. Mister Money Bags. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying. If you like, you probably won't get a good copy of one eighty one for a hundred dollars. Really. Yeah. What what is it like ten grand? I'm just uh, throwing that. You don't have I to know. look it up. I mean, I just like, did. Oh. In perfect graded condition, Incredible Hulk 181 can sell for over fifteen thousand dollars. So there you are. And the hey. record the record sale for this comic has been twenty three thousand. What? That's who's in perfect buying? condition. Yeah, but who's buying it? Nerd the collector. <laughs> The collector, that's an evil comic book guy, right? Is that yeah, like a character villain? He's in the movies. He's been in Isio Del Toro. He's the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's right. I remember that guy now. Okay, well, we'll get to that. Okay, back to the movie. And um, I never even got to my question that Tim Roth plays him. Uh, and I wanted to ask, do you guys like, does everybody like this choice? Are nerds happy? Are they upset? Uh, is he too different than the comics? Or does he fit right in? Or is it a perfect idea? I think I think he's fine. Uh, he's he's I mean, Abomination is not like. I mean, is he's a famous character, but I wouldn't say he's one of the most beloved villains ever. He's be sort of be been territorial. Like about it. after his first few appearances where he was stronger than the Hulk, he's gotten beaten a lot so much to the point where he actually became afraid of the Hulk because he kept losing to him. And uh, he's been through a few permutations as, uh, like, for a while, he was just, you know, the big brute or the Russian spy. And then they gave him, uh, like, a tragic story or a tragic angle where he was married uh, to this woman named Nadia uh, that he could never go back and see her again because he was trapped in the form of the abomination. He couldn't turn back and forth. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't turn back, right? Once he became abomination, he's abomination. As far as we know, yeah. Uh, We haven't seen him change back, I don't think. So in the movie, he did they did he end up killing him at the end of this? Spoiler alert! Uh, they no. stopped him from killing him, right? He was about to, and she was like, "Stop!" Right, bro. right, right. Why would they want to keep that monster alive if he can't? Well, they don't know at this point. He can't turn back. Yeah, a this is the second movie, and they probably don't want to kill anybody off. I mean, I, I was surprised they killed off Jeff Bridges at the end of Iron Man, but uh, so uh, does does uh, does Abomination Abomination that doesn't come back in the. All the other Avengers movies or anything that we know. He has about. not appeared since. Although uh, there was a short, a Marvel one shot. They did a series of short films to try to uh, uh, that were like DVD bonus features when these DVDs were released. There was uh, one called The Consultant that tucks in. That basically is an epilogue to this movie. Yeah, which you made us all watch. Did we all watch it? Did we all do our homework? I did. I did not do my homework. Totally, I rebelled. For me, it totally made the the like the. Um, I don't want to say the deleted scene, the after, the before credit scene. Yeah, it made that make a whole lot of sense. 
Yeah, it really made that make sense too. So, but what I wondered is, so is that is the idea of this? What's it called? A Marvel one shot? Yeah, do people know about these, and they're just uh, online, yeah. and people Nerds they're not do. like advertised. They they, they haven't made one in a while. I think the last one they made was after Iron Man three, which was a way, like just like this one was kind of a way to these are sort of nerd focused. This one was sort of uh, nerds going, why is Tony Stark doing this when he's not in that? And then Iron Man 2, the chronology is different. They sort of made this little thing that's just to explain that cameo at the end of Incredible Hulk. When which, did uh, they make this one shot? Way later when they decided, uh, uh, oh, it, what we did there didn't fit in? Or did they I, plan on doing this all along? I guess is my question. I can't remember which DVD it was on. Uh, it, but uh, like usually it's like a couple movies later they'll do a little short film. There's another Marvel one-shot where it's just uh, Agent Coulson kind of kicking ass in a uh, in defeating a robbery at a uh, supermarket on his way to go see about Thor's hammer. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, one shot about a couple of people uh, who find some alien technology after the Avengers evasion and uh, are trying to cash in on it, and then they get recruited to be S.H.I.E.L.D. agents instead because they're very resourceful. Okay. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan is in that, if you know her. And then the last one they made, there might be one or two more, but the last one they made was after Iron Man 3 when nerds kind of flipped out about the treatment of the Mandarin, and they sort of uh, okay, implied... We'll get, well, you're getting ahead of yeah. I'm getting too... I'm not smart enough to follow all this. We'll get to that when we get to Iron Man 3. <laughs> okay. Back to this movie. So we got Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky. He's also definitely, you can tell by some of his mannerisms, he's definitely the same character from Pulp Fiction, because he says honey honey a couple times. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop no trying way. to make this thing a thing. I will make it, TBJ. No. Okay, but, but, but Abomination are, is is different in the comics. Like in the comics, they he has like these weird fish fins and gills on his face. He looks like the creature from yeah. the Black Lagoon. Yeah, right. And and uh, it was a big. That's kind of like the signature look of the Abomination. So I think some people were like, "Why does he just look like a weird green bald guy with spikes on his back?" Because he, he really looks a little like different. And like the 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 color they decided on was a much sicklier green than the Abomination generally is. But uh, okay. he's still but just a big green monster, and that's all you really needed. But this is the first time, and I think you alluded to this, but this is the only time Emil Blonsky is a good, like, he's working with the U.S. He's not, like, other ones, he's a spy. This one, he's a trained. Yeah, I mean, uh, or do we, or he do has worked, like, General Ross in the comics is, like, single-minded, obsessed with the Hulk, which is, you kind of see that in this movie. Well, but, so you can yeah. see it in the movie. And he's, yeah, he's fine, like, can. Even after the abomination showed up, General Ross was fine with working with supervillains to get the Hulk. Um, right. He um, doesn't care who it is; just get him. Yeah. So he's, he's so, a bit myopic about it. So we don't know. Serum. As the audience, like he could be a evil, like he could be a KGB, and we just don't know. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, they, they I'm sure they have a file on him. He was what did he say? Russian born, uh, raised in England, which is why he has an accent. Right. And. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, he's a shady character that the U.S. military would work with for their own ends. Do you think Russian actors are mad that they picked a British guy, kind of like, like in the '60s, you know, like Hispanic actors would get mad because white people play Hispanic people or whatever else, you know? '60s, you mean Maybe. last year? Or now? <laughs> yeah, I guess now. Yeah, I just I've been Probably, reading about I mean, a lot. There are the plenty of English actors who play Americans all the time. And yeah, that's true. 
There are a million American actors who can do I can, roles. I can believe when that guy from uh, what's that motorcycle guy's show, Steve McQueen. Uh, no, uh, 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 American the, Chopper. The guy Ron Ron uh, Perlman is in it. Um, oh, Sons, Sons of Anarchy. Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. I couldn't believe it when I found out the main guy was British. <laughs> that guy, like he's such white trash, like American. <laughs> he does a great job of. Doing the white they section. do a heck of an American accent. Hell um, yeah, they're really good at it. Idris Alba is is British. That's um, true. Yeah, we have a lot of and Australian Idris actors. Alba, his 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 American. It reminds me of uh, Liam Neeson and uh, what's his name, Gerard Butler. Like that, Amer- like those guys that um, Joe would love, just because their American accents are always the same. Like right, I hear, it's it's all, all I hear is string a bell from the yeah, wire. But if you had, there's so many people who have no idea that right. he was even English. I don't know right. what came out in the last year or two, and he was talking yeah. in an interview, and there were people around me going, it, "Wait, he what?" Yeah, I didn't know it until I heard him speak. Yeah, there are a lot of actors who are. Um, not American who sound great and we don't sound good when we have English accents. Yeah, that's true. But they, he is uh, Idris Elba. Speaking of him, he is he is he, uh, recovered, right? He had COVID nineteen yes. and he's recovered, he as far as we know. Uh, I don't know if he ever, he might have been one of an asymptomatic carrier. I don't know. He he seemed to say, "I'm feeling fine." I don't know if he ever got yeah. sick. Yeah. Oh, he, he might not. Have he ever got didn't get to Tom Hanks sick or some of the more major um, okay people. Yeah, it's crazy. What a crazy thing we're talking about, huh? Who would have ever thought? Okay, so back to the movie, and Honey Bunny is in there, and we're all okay with it. And uh, he, uh, so he, Ross explains who the target is, and that he'll be a fighter if he's cornered. And they fly down to Brazil, uh, and uh, Blue and Bruce are continuing to talk, and Blue is saying, we need to get your blood to be sure. Uh and Bruce sends him the blood. Um, and that night, while Bruce is sleeping, Rick starts barking, and uh, the commandos blow off the door, and, the, and they trank the dog, which is terrible. Um, and then they try to shoot Banner, but he's not in his bed. He's already escaped. And then there's a the big chase, uh, and he's running away, and you know he hides with that hot lady he works with. Um, but then they chase him down into the, he gets to the factory. Oh, and the bad guys from the factory join in the chase for some reason. Uh, I guess they just <laughs> had course. to have, yeah, they just had to have somebody for Hulk to be. He had to be stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and they, you know what? That's actually smart. Like I think, like they created those guys and established that they're assholes that we hate, and then they got the shit kicked out of them. And then it goes like, uh, yay, they're dead, but it's not the real bad guys yet. But it was just like a little precursor right and they're probably not actually dead if they make such a big deal about the hulk not killing anybody at the end oh yeah he's so, just so they're probably i mean probably it, 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 yeah and in comic book movies uh humans can survive a lot crazier things than they usually do like in the dark night at one point uh the two-faced intentionally causes a car wreck that flips over over and over while he's in the car like he shoots the driver and then the car wrecks and he's he's fine. He's fine, yeah. Yeah. Movie magic. Yeah, and like uh, so many of the crazy car 
damage and traffic damage that happens in the uh, in like you know Age of Ultron, like a lot of the big uh, Avengers fights. There's so much like those guys, all those people probably died back there, and but they don't in in comic book movies. They don't talk about it, yeah, because it's like a comic book. You don't deal with all that. Yeah, which is why the the big bit when the Hulk does face Tim Roth in his human form later and actually uh, like nearly kills him. That's it's a strong. <laughs> Uh, moment where like, oh wow, he, he messed that guy up. So anyway, they chase the Hulk into the factory, and then they, you know, he ends up finally telling him, "You won't, you know, don't make me angry or whatever. Uh, you won't like me when I'm angry." And he tries, or says, "Me angry very bad in Portuguese." Uh, mm-hmm. But they, anyway, they chase him anyway, and it's actually like he actually they do that moment where his eyes turn green like Bill Bixby, uh, mm-hmm. and he's very shadowy. That that shoe that moment where the shoe drops, you know, uh, I can't remember how that happens. Like once he turns into a, a monster, and then the shoe falls, and you can't really see him. Uh, you don't really get a good look at the monster. And I love this whole thing. I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. I was very excited about. it. I was like, they got me really excited about. It. I can't wait till I actually see it. Like that was done so well, so reminiscent of the old Hulk with the Bill Bixby green eyes, kind of looking up and the first time. Is that, that, is that the feeling you had when you first watched it, or when you watched the rewatch? Well, this time too, I did because I didn't remember watching it. Like I don't remember. So you were excited to see him. I was excited. Come. Yeah, I couldn't wait, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is so great!" Oh, and then now I'm like in anticipation of seeing, actually seeing Hulk. You know, mm-hmm. like good since you only see bits and pieces of it. It's like a shadow, and it, it just something about it makes it more realistic. Like it leaves so much to your imagination. You know, it's like a like a. Sometimes I think sex scenes are sexier when you don't have you don't see everything. You kind of still have a picture of everything. You know, like right. this was sexier because it's like it's scarier too because you you don't know what this is. You know, right. nobody knows what this is. And um, so I just thought it was really well done. I don't know. What did you guys think? Yeah, I my I like the bit where you can hear him talk at first because like in the in the two thousand three Hulk movie. He only ever said one thing, and that was in a dream sequence. Uh, and I guess toward at the end, he yells at Nick Nolte. But uh, it's uh, in this one, like you can hear him before he even attacks anybody. He just says, mm-hmm. "Leave me alone." Oh yeah, okay. Ooh, which is in comics would normally be "Leave Hulk alone." Cause yeah, right. They don't, they don't have him talk in the third person like that, which is fine. Because that, that <laughs> works. That works better for comics than it does for a movie. Well, and he's not really named Hulk yet. At this point, like he uh, I think he is. Uh, I mean, they've. I mean, he's only named the Hulk because people call him that. Like, yeah, he's uh, a Hulk, but that's why I don't think he says it here. I don't think uh, he says it till the last scene, and then he says Hulk smash or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because people said it on the news. Oh, he was a Hulk of a man or whatever it is. Right, right. But leave me alone is basically the mantra of the Hulk. All the like for yeah. much of his history was. All he wants is to be left alone, and no one will leave him alone because they want his power, or they think he's a monster that needs to be killed, or they want to they want to manipulate him and do something with him and get something from him. He just wants to be left alone. I feel yeah. that energy on a <laughs> big level. Yeah. That's all he's I'm not, saying. Yeah, he's not trying to hurt anybody. He's not trying you know? to smash. Yeah. But if you cross him, he will smash you. I mean, I mean people I, I, say I, I have I, an attitude, and if you just if you just leave me be. And let me do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I told you, I used to always tell people, 
like I'm the nicest person in the world. And it's like, I used to always say, like, don't make me mad. Like, if you make me mad, all you're going to do is make me angry. And if I get angry, you won't like me. Like, I go zero to 100 quick. <laughs> That's why like, I'm, not, I'm not trying not to get angry because I know if I get angry, I'm going to go off. I'm going to hawk out. Listen, oh, I've that. gotten so angry that I can feel my blood boil. Like, I can feel it yeah. on the you inside. You want to and smash. it is not healthy. Right. And so I work very hard not to get very angry, but I do like to just generally stay like, don't let's let's even let's not do get, this. Don't even get there. Yeah, like, it's not off. worth the energy because, like Hulk, I'm also very tired after I've been very angry. Like yeah. I am exhausted, and I don't even have to do anything. It's just letting my body get to that level of anger. So I get the Hulk on an emotional level. You're just trying to live and exist and stay under the radar. Yeah, you, you don't want you don't want to you don't even want to get to that 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 um yeah. state. You want to just be like you know go through life doing whatever. Like and then someone wants to piss you off, and it's like now you've gone and done it. You done made me mad. Right. You know you brought this on yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know it. They're looking at you differently because like whoa, I didn't know you had that in you. Like yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, this Sometimes is good. It works, I mean, though, it, 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 it gets them to stop. You know doing what they do but yeah this is, this is out on. i think this is just it this is why people like the hulk this is mm-hmm. he's relatable yeah, he's, he, it's he's a relatable uh, emotion like everybody has that stuff where it's like you're not listening to me i am getting pit you know like everybody <laughs> gets like that sometimes it's and, at its core i think it's it's like a i mean a lot of things in superhero dome that you could say are an adolescent power fantasy but mm-hmm. the hulk is exactly that it's Someone that gets picked on uh, <clears throat> and flips out, but actually then has the power to end his torment and yeah. uh, turn it back on bullies. That's that's a I think that's a very core element of his appeal. But even then, even when he does that, it also shows that if you inflict violence on the people tormenting you, it's not going to stop. People are still going to chase you and hound you all the time. It, it's so leave me alone is the appropriate response as opposed to continuing a cycle of violence. It's, it's yeah, sort of like how even even in this movie how how Emil gets, you know, just like he's bloodthirsty. Like the idea of the Hulk I think turns him on. Oh, like, yeah. he's so like so adamant about just going just going after him because he's like excited. But yeah. you can see it in this chase scene. Like, you see yeah. him going rogue a couple of times in this chase scene. So you already see it alluding to the fact that he is not one to follow the rules and instructions. Like, it's foreshadowing a little bit later of when he turns into the abomination. Like, you can see early on, he's like, damn this. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. Right. Even when he's getting instructions like, no, watch out! Don't. He's still going, so you can see his thirst for like. Oh no, I'm going after like this, and you and can I, see pretty it. Pretty much in any of those type movies where you have like the per, uh, the so called team of good people who's supposed to be looking out for the American people or whatever people they're looking out for when they unleash a quote unquote villain slash person who's on their side to just end up going super rogue, and then they're like, okay, we. We, you know, let the Tasmanian devil leave. Can we actually control them? Do we care right. if we can control them? Not just, you know, try to do the other team against them and destroy them. And, you know. Yeah, it's, it's uh, this 
pursuit of power uh, and control of power, uh, which they mm-hmm. never can actually control the power. No, That's but that doesn't it. stop them from being so thirsty right. and chasing. Especially Thunderbolt. Yeah, Thunderbolt Ross is all about that. And in the comics, eventually, he just becomes a Hulk himself because he wants that power so bad. Yeah. Uh, he becomes the Red Hulk. Oh, oh that's yeah. a whole different thing. But um, it's... And, yeah, Blonsky wants that power. And wait, who becomes the like, Red wait, Hulk? Oh, no. Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt becomes the Red Hulk? Yeah, yeah, in the comics, he becomes the Red Hulk. After, a, after <laughs> you know, 30-odd years of comics of and so, being obsessed so, with capturing the Supposedly... Marvel has been slowly but surely hinting at it, because then there's like the one scene where his hands red, and then like later on in movies, I guess at one point in time he says he has a heart attack, and he came back, and it's like there are like scenes, there are different movies with him where he's actually younger than he actually was in this movie, but yet it's further along. So they're mm. thinking like maybe, you know, he already has like the serum in him. Huh. So. Huh. Like in, his, in Ross's later appearances in like Civil War and uh, right. Infinity War and Endgame and all that. Oh, really? I I haven't caught that, but uh, I, now I, I'm gonna watch to catch it. Yeah. Now we got a lot. Keep an eye out for that when we watch those. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Great. And then the Gray Hulk. Did we already talk about the Gray Hulk? Uh, okay. the, I I could explain. We probably did when we messed it we up the first time. But, we <laughs> but the, I can. I can tell you the gray the the gray Hulk story in a nutshell, which is was kind of the reason I became a real big Hulk fan because I wasn't a huge Hulk fan as a child because I had a really bad nightmare about Lou Ferrigno decapitating my mother. Oh, no. I, uh, <laughs> I, I remember that with the car. He threw oh, an automobile and it and yeah, that was like the one of the worst nightmares I ever had. And also, yes. I thought the Hulk's underoos were stupid. <laughs> because every other underoos he had, like you know, it was the the thing that's on the hero's chest. The Spider-Man, the little spider. Uh, Superman right. had ass. Aquaman had his Aquaman shirt. The Hulk was just a white shirt with a little picture of the Hulk on the chest. And I was like, that's those are dumb. But uh, and then when been, I found, it should have been his torso. Yeah, like, just you a are white Hulk. shirt with uh, sick abs. <laughs> that's what it should have been. <clears throat> that's what it is now. Yes, that's what it should be, and, they, and it probably is that now. But uh, the Grey Hulk, when I found out that there was like a third personality, they sort of, uh, this was, uh, when he was first created, he was Grey. In the first issue, he was Grey. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. only changed into the Hulk at night. It was by, it was like a werewolf kind of story. Okay. But, that, but that changed pretty quickly And when they went to the Green Hulk because I think they, uh, ink costs for Green Ink were cheaper than doing the Grey thing. Yeah, so it was some was, color match mishap, I guess. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, they were still figuring things out. It was the '60s Marvel comics. I think they just decided let's make him green instead because well, it's everyone was on LSD. <laughs> that too, but then eventually they brought the Gray Hulk back as a separate aspect of Bruce Banner's personality, like which is like uh, the Green Hulk is the repressed childhood trauma, anger, rage, frustration, and then the Gray Hulk was basically Bruce Banner's. Arrogance and nastiness, because there so is the same someone. guy. The same guy turns into the green one and the gray one. It wasn't yes. a different person turning into a Hulk. Uh, yes, it was just like it depends on which uh, the gray Hulk kind of came back. Uh, and eventually, there was a point in time where it was only the gray Hulk that took control of the whole body, and like through a magic spell, he wouldn't ever change back. Mm. So he he just and then no one knew he was the Hulk because everyone knows the Hulk is green. 
and he, he ain't Bruce Banner. He's just this gray Hulk, and he took the name Joe Fix It and became like a mobster in Las Vegas. The one where he wore yeah, okay. a hat, right? Yeah, he's wearing like a pinstripe suit and a hat, and he's got like the little fingerless gangster gloves, and he's like okay. the big leg breaker for mob bosses in Vegas. And I was but like, "There's wasn't... a mobster Hulk. That is awesome. I want to know yeah, more about that." I was going to ask you that because I've seen that picture, and I was like, "What is that? A cartoon? Is that a joke one too, or is that that was a whole storyline? He became that for a while." Yeah, there was a, a good run of comics where he was. But just, he still turns back and forth. He no, turns he into doesn't. a guy. Oh, at, he stays at, that, at that point in comics, he was uh, stuck. He was. He had made a deal with some magic magician. I can't remember who it was. Oh, that's what you just said. Sorry. Who, uh, like, I just want to be me all the time. I don't want to be the green guy, the salad brain, as he called him, and I don't want to be uh, puny banner. I want to be this, and he is that, and then that's what he does with his life is <laughs> breaks legs in Las Vegas for mobsters because he's he's smarter than the Green Hulk. He's he's got more intelligence, but he's got less power. Uh, that's the trade-off. The, the the more intelligence he retains in the Hulk form, the less powerful the Hulk form is. Okay. Well, that's a lot. Uh, that's and a there's a the whole thing with like the Smart Hulk. We'll talk about when we get to Endgame that there's more about that there. Well, I think, but I think that I think that's enough for this episode. Uh, I need to like decompress. <laughs> think all this over. I learned a lot about wedding comic books, uh, comedy versions. I learned about the Gray Hulk, the Green Hulk, and we're still only to the first uh, hulking up in the movie. So we'll come back next episode. Okay. We'll pick up where, right where we are uh, uh, with the sad Hulk music from the 70s that shows up with One Day Without Incident. Uh, we'll talk about that next episode. But for now... Excelsior Nerd School out. Nerds roll. (laughs) (laughs) My glasses are broken. My pocket is protected. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a super nerd. Excelsior. I am a super nerd. The Nerd School Podcast.